sometimes it's hard to be a woman. Period! 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 And welcome listeners to a mighty long return and a welcomed, welcomed, welcomed return. Welcome back. To RBA Dirt's Municipal Mania. Mania, 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 mania. Yes, heard here every Wednesday at 11 a.m. on WRIRLP 97.3 FM, Richmond Independent Radio. Yay. You got it all in one breath, too. Like, I'm super impressed. Listen, I didn't practice, <laughs> but I'm just saying. <laughs> We've been only on- took five years. <laughs> <laughs> We've been on an extended hiatus, but that's cool. Sometimes you need a breaky break, but yes. we're we're stoked to be uh, back, especially with this very special episode about the super majority lady-led city council in Richmond. Yay! On this fine yeah. Women's History Month. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like we really need to make it count this year. <laughs> It's been it's been a struggle the past year, and um, women have definitely been leading the charge uh, through a lot of the stuff we're going through. But it's forever, and we're doing this in two parts. So our first part is we're going to let uh, our guests introduce themselves and tell us just a little bit about your background. And the first question you can go right into: Were you daunted as a woman entering politics? So Catherine, you first. Okay, thank you. My name is Catherine Jordan. I am the council representative for the second district. And my personal professional background is as an urban planner. And I was born at St. Mary's. My dad taught at VCU. My mom taught on and off at the University of Richmond is also an artist. And I moved back here as an adult six years ago with my family and have been amazed at the transformation in the city. Uh, I love being here. And this was my first foray into running for public office. I got involved with politics when a friend of mine was running for governor. So in the primary, so basically at the same time, rewind, I was working on the Tom Perello campaign and that kind of got me into it, but I never thought about running for myself. I just was started following in local government because of the school budget going down. My kids were at Fox at the time. And then my other passion is the environment. I was on the Green City Commission um, as a Dwight Jones appointee it's in my second term. But I just really enjoyed working on campaigns and getting to know other uh, local women who were leaders. I was lucky enough to live around the corner from Jennifer McClellan. Our kids were in kindergarten at the same time. So people like that really inspired me. I also worked on the Equal Rights Amendment, ratification in Virginia, and spent a lot of time at General Assembly and seeing other women step up who had normal lives, who had kids, really gave me a little bit of confidence. And then I did some training. I had friends who were encouraging me. And um, in honor of my friend who was my biggest like supporter from the West Coast, I'm wearing a shirt she sent me. This was way before I decided to run. So in, in honor of <laughs> Women's History Month, it says, not today, patriarchy. Yes. Yeah. And then the back is, it says Emerge USA. So Emerge is a program that helps women go into politics. So I think women right now have a lot of support out there that they can tap into. And they're seeing other women 
who come from non-traditional backgrounds from for politics anyway. Like they might not necessarily, they're coming from different backgrounds. It's exciting to see that. I hope more women keep, you know, running. But I also think people just voted for folks that resonated with them, that they felt were confident and that would do a good job. I don't think there's seven women on council because people said, hmm, I want to vote for a woman. I think they voted for the person that they thought was best in that role. So I think it's kind of funny that we get so much attention for having seven because we're just seven people who live in the city who wanted to do this. Um, but if it opens up a larger conversation and inspires other women to think about politics, then I'm all down for the conversation. Okay, my turn. I am Kristen Nye Larson. I'm the fourth district city council representative. I've served in this uh, for a term already and just started my second term with Catherine. Excited she's with us now. Um, previous to that, I was on school board in the same district. And um, much like Catherine's story, I sort of accidentally fell into this. I um, was working with the charter school in South Richmond back in 2010 um, when my kids were six and four. And um, we had a lot of challenges with the school board representatives sort of listening to the charter school, wanting to work with the charter school. And I am not from Virginia. I grew up in Delaware, went to public school my whole life, went to school in Syracuse, lived in DC. So to me, charter schools were not this crazy thing that was uber partisan. Um, it was just another choice, another educational choice in the city. I didn't really understand all the politics around it. However, also took the time to educate myself around the politics of it um, and the history of public education in Virginia to be sensitive what the Commonwealth had gone through, what the city had gone through, and honestly, what we're still going through. But the cool thing about the school is it is diverse. My children ended up going there, had a very diverse education um, with students from all over the city. So, but that kind of fed me into running for public office because when the seat became vacant in, in 2012, the, the school board member at the time for the fourth district said she wasn't going to run. It's like, oh, we got to get somebody in there who really connects with the community. And, and then I, I realized maybe that could be me. So I ran and won and it was uh, exciting four years we had on our school board. We had Jeff Warren, Glenn Sturdivant, um, myself, Kim Gray, Donald Coleman, like we had some really amazing people that I am just feel so proud to have served with these folks. And I feel like we did do a lot in the four years we had there. So then when the seat opened in city council for fourth district, I thought it would be great to run for that seat and get somebody on there who actually has kids in the school and has that school perspective. So that's that's why I'm here today. The whole question about women and running and did I know what I was getting into? I had no idea what I was getting into. And there are still some days where it's just, I'm flabbergasted by things that people think it's appropriate to say to me. Uh, when I was campaigning for city council um, the first time, so we're talking five years ago, I had recently got a divorce, which was 
awkward enough just to talk about, but super awkward to talk about with people who I don't really know. And I'm trying to get them to vote with me for me and, you know, share all this personal information. And I'm an extremely private person. And uh, I'm at a forum at somebody's house and somebody asked me, well, how are you going to handle all this? If you're a single mom with two kids, you know, how can you? Yes. Yep. Um, How could you possibly? How could I handle all of this? That was not the first time that I'd received a question like that. I mean, I'd received questions like that when I was married too, and certainly won't be the last time I'm sure, but it's, you know, it's, it's hard when you get that because on the one hand, you're, you're frustrated that you got the question, but then on the other hand, you're like, I can handle it. Right. I, I can, I can do this, you know, but then when you step away from it, you're like, there's no way if, you know, insert male counterpart that they would ever in a billion years get that question. So that's where I have to bring myself back to every time it's out there, it exists. And all we can do is just, you know, plow through it, try to correct people when we can and try to draw their attention to the inappropriateness of it. And I think as a society, you know, some of that is happening. I do have an, I have the most senior constituency in the city. So I think sometimes that does contribute to it. But I'm, I'm blown. I don't know why <laughs> I'm blown though, because yeah. this is, this is kind of what happens when we do anything, right? We find ourselves questioned, but you know, that that's kind of interesting. And I'm glad that you pointed out too, maybe it's because you have the most senior constituency, even though that's not an excuse for them. Bless their hearts. They know, <laughs> they know better. <laughs> it's not an excuse, but you know, I, I also grew up in a household where at holidays, it was definitely the women in the kitchen cooking and cleaning mm-hmm. and the men on the couch waiting for the meal or recovering from the meal. Yeah. So now I, I see differences with each generation um, and I see growth in those areas. But uh, yeah, it's... Uh, well, there's a lot of, you know, internalized misogyny too. Like people think that they're just asking a normal question or making a normal observation. But in reality, it's kind of um, lessening your experience. And yeah. um, I mean, that that's daily, like the microaggressions on that level are daily. But you know, they're all and also we're, we're always expected to handle those things with grace. And the position that y'all are in, I mean, you don't really have a choice. Right. Because whether they voted for you or not, or whether you agree with them or not, they're your constituents. Yep. You and know? they're gonna have an opinion. And that's exactly why I tell people I can't run because my mouth ain't ready. <laughs> I don't yeah. think we'll, I don't think we'll ever be um, actual politicians. Um, we'll just commentate on it because yikes. That is not my gift. Nope. <laughs> nope. But y'all and seem I'm to okay. have that gift. I mean, bless you for it too. No, I just stopped questioning. I was like, you know what? Look at the people on council and the people who've been on council the last, you know, several terms. Why not me? Like they Mm -hmm. seem to figure it out. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're supposed to represent a wide, Mm -hmm. a wide stretch of folks. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be these one category type of person. So 
Yeah. Um, I, don't count it out. Like, you know, I'm for all, everyone should consider it. There's obviously a huge barrier to being able to do it. You have to have the time to run. Um, oh. You have to either have your own resources or someone backing you up while you do it. And um, I think that's the real problem. I think it's less about gender. It's more about um, the fact this is a part-time position, <laughs> you know, pays not a lot. And nope, expect but it requires a lot of time. Double time. Mm-hmm. We're also in an, um, an urban uh, you know, fairly liberal environment. And I think that maybe um, as a woman, you might have a harder time in some of the more rural locales, but I mean, it's Richmond and, you know, the women here seem to really uh, kind of run the show. We've got they some great uh, role models. That's for sure. Yeah. Talk mm-hmm. about that. Let's talk about Senator for Jennifer McClellan. I don't know if anyone wants to talk about the governor's race and the fact that yeah, we could have 100%. the first female governor be amazing right from my district. So yeah, I'm excited about amazing. that. Yeah, it's amazing. We've we've got, I think, now four. There are actually four Black women running for governor. And that's um, right. You have Princess Landing, Jennifer Carroll Foy, Jennifer McClellan. Who, and then is the fourth a Republican? Yes. Okay. I haven't yeah. followed her story. Yeah. Amanda, Amanda Chase, right? No. Yes, black but woman. she's not Black. There's four Black women. Oh, black I, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Amanda Chase. Surprise, Amanda. <laughs> You know, I, I, I think if Amanda thought that that would, that would get her over the, over the barriers, she probably would claim that too. She's been claiming quite a bit lately. Don't get me started. <laughs> no, Look, no, I swear there, it takes all of us. <laughs> there actually is, there is another, let me see if you give me a second, I'll tell you what her name is. I know, I love it. Like having phones right at the ready. This is, I'm not, I'm not usually a, a, a big, uh, com, you know, big person to, to, to say, oh, I love, you know, identity politics, but I like the fact that we've had, we're in a space where we could definitely do this and we could, it could happen. And it's so great to see women that we deal with all the time that are, and, and I think, you know, I mean, we, we're deep into the deep into the bowels of this. And I've been very deep into the bowels of the governor's race and looking at, you know, what it's, what's going on, you know, as we've had one candidate actually step down, Octavia Johnson is her name. Okay. Octavia Johnson. It's a strong name. <clears throat> yeah. It Octavia is. Johnson. I agree. Yeah. She is the uh, Republican, black Republican candidate now running, you know, as it's very interesting as you're talking about balancing a schedule and being a woman and all these things that are going on, especially in the time of pandemic and what's happening. It's been very um, interesting and a very interesting race to critique as we've had one of the women step down. And I think people don't really understand the um, the timing of how all of these things kind of work together when you're running for a statewide office and you're also serving in another statewide position, right? Or, or a, a larger criteria of an, of an office. What that means, you can't, you can't campaign really, you can't fundraise during session. And so that, and we, we just said, that's a big deal. Money drives the, drives the wagon, right? And um, we had one of those candidates actually step down from her seat, um, which was uh, Jennifer Carroll Foy, to be able to pushed full forward with her campaign. And I was able to talk to um, Jennifer McClellan and I called her and I said, hey, 
you know, um, I know that you're being pushed to do the same um, for your campaign. You know, how do you feel about that? And she said, I'm running for governor and I can multitask. I can walk and chew gum. And um, that is the essence of women in politics because we don't get, I mean, we've, it's taken us almost up until very recent history for us to be able to really secure, you know, maternity leave truthfully from work, right? Where um, it's recognized and you don't have to really fight for it and companies aren't giving you the runaround for it. And where pregnancy is, is even, you know, not recognized as a, a, a condition, you know, with your insurance. It's, it's wild what women go through just to be, just to exist and do womanly things, <laughs> like exist and survive and raise kids and be, you know, a part of a family and still do a job. And it's almost as if, like what you said, Kristen, you're not expected to be able to skip and chew gum and hum a tune at the same time. <laughs> we can't do those things, apparently. Yeah. Speaking of maternity leave, I think a huge um, kind of leap forward on the issue is paternity leave now. And mm-hmm. I never really thought about it. I just thought it was a gender equality thing. But mm-hmm. we have uh, a great liaison at city council who is on paternity leave. And it really evens it out so that people are like, okay, anyone who's in this age range might be taking leave for a child. It's not, I, I'm hoping that it really does help in the hiring process with the bias against hiring younger newlyweds um, women. Because now it can be the guy taking break too. Yeah, I mean, it's paternity leave is a women's issue as well. I mean, for so long, you weren't able to have your partner who made this, you know, giant Mm -hmm. sentient melon uh, with you, you know, they're with you helping you out. They are just expected to go back to work and live their lives and move on like it was nothing. And it's nice to know that you can have a partner there with you. Uh, because mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have children, but I, you know, most everybody I, I know does. And to have that support and, you know, have a, a breath for yourself um, is super important. Uh, so yeah, I like the point about paternity leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a cool mm-hmm. thing. Uh, y'all, what, what are you focusing on right now in your roles uh, as city council representatives um, and does being a woman ever enter into some of those uh, policy decisions or, um, you know, things you want to push for? So, um, you know, when you all have like 10 free hours, definitely go and listen to our retreat <laughs> that we just had. Um, sure. Three hours. Exactly. Yes. Or if you want something that'll put you to sleep or give you nightmares. Um, right. Right after we finish the 708 page PDF, but <laughs> right, right. Um, but I do think we had some solid discussions during that retreat. I think the first day was six hours, and the second we did three hours. So we talked about priorities, you know, we talked about things that are a little more like gray, not like this issue or this issue, but like, how do we execute, you know, how do we work together? How do we communicate publicly? Like, that's a huge thing, I think, for, for all of us. How can we connect with more people, especially during the pandemic? It's been challenging. I think as a, a 
as a woman and as a mom and going back to why I first got into politics, I do feel like I always bring just a different lens when I come to the table. I mean, I'm constantly thinking about my kids and what kind of Richmond am I leaving for them? Um, they're 13 and 15 now. Um, and oh, 13 and 16. My son just turned 16 like a week ago. He's not driving. that right. <laughs> so I don't think he'll be on the road till like 2022. It, well, you know, he's got to take the class and drivers. But anyway, so it, I think being a mother, being a woman and raising children in our city, you just, at least I feel like I come with a little bit of a different perspective. I'm constantly thinking, what is this going to look like, you know, down the road? Like, how can I build this foundation that when somebody else comes in my seat or if, you know, the new council to pass them on something that can help uh, lift our city up even further and just create an even greater Richmond than we already have. And I think one of the examples of this that we did talk about during the retreat was the park system. So we have this, the James River, James River Park System Master Plan. It was put together. There was all this public input. Like it was done really well. And we don't always do a plan really well. So like, yay us, we did it. <laughs> That's so true. It, it is so true. Or we just come up with a plan and then we never execute it. So that is very, that's more truer than the first statement. I want to see the closet of um, plans, plans that never just have plans. been implemented. Yep. <laughs> yep. We, we just like, we, we should just have a closet that you go into like once every six months. Like, I think that's where we do really have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to make sure that our park system be, continues to be used in a sustainable way, right? More people are visiting the, um, which is great, but how do we balance that with the number of people and make sure that, that the, we're not bringing permanent damage into our park system? And then secondly, there's the whole tourism angle of it. And if you all go down to the river, you know, we as Richmonders kind of know the trails. You kind of have your place where you go or the rocks that you hang out on everything. But it is hard to find a trail map anywhere <laughs> in this city. And if you got, if you came to our city and were, you know, trying to Google it or something, like, good luck. It's really difficult to navigate if you kind of don't know what you're doing. Um, and people are coming. I mean, we are definitely in control. And I think with what we're going through right now, the economy and everything and the pandemic, which I think, you know, we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but we still need to make sure that we're um, continuing to support our economy in diverse ways, right? Um, and I think this is an opportunity. We have the whole um, riverfront plan. We have the whole James River um, Park System master plan. And I, I think this would be a good time to get the, both of those kicked off. Agreed. Um, I 100% echo Kristen on this. We've 
got to invest in the James River Master Plan. And that was something I talked about um, when I was campaigning. And it's popular, it's popular for a reason because people love the James River. Um, and especially right now with the year we've had, I think people understand more the value of being outside and connecting with nature and the need to decompress and the mental health benefits. So more than ever, I think we have every reason to tighten our belt in other areas and make sure that we're putting the resources and the priority towards the James River Master Plan and in our parks and rec in general. Agree, that's a huge focus, um, you know, in general, focusing on the budget, right? Like that's the big thing before us right now. And yeah, I've, I've, I was, I've got my budget binder open right now in front of me and <laughs> it is really thick. Um, and I'm going to be relying on some folks who this is their, this is their area of expertise. I'm going to be relying on my constituents to tell me what they care about because we're going to have to prioritize. And um, I am comfortable with the idea of putting forward amendments. I think that's our responsibility, especially when we don't create the budget together with the mayor's office or with the department. So there's naturally going to be, or should be some back and forth. So um That'll be a big area of focus. James River, 100% yes. Uh, also, we need to invest in, I think, our planning department, um, as well as some of the other, you know, citizen-facing parts of our government. Um, social services is a big one. Um, so I'm excited about that because digging into the dollars is when you really figure out what we're prioritizing. And I think that's what folks expect. They, they want their council persons to dive into this in a way that they probably don't have time for um, and, and come up with areas that, you know, we can make sure that we're funding their priorities that, you know, sort of circular. Sorry, I'm saying the same thing again, but that that's the main focus for me right now um, and continuing to address the daily things that come into the office, um, you know, things about alleys, things about um, SUPs, about Richmond 300, uh, it just never stops. And it is an amazing volume of work and responsibility that frankly is kind of impossible to keep up with. So um, I took a mental health break last week <laughs> to brace for the budget. Yeah, you did, good. Yeah, oh my God. So, uh, but I'm so enthusiastic and I'm excited to be here doing it. Um, That's why I don't understand though, how um, a council position is not a full-time <laughs> fairly well-paid job because expecting you to do all of that out of the kindness of your heart, you know, I mean, it's a lot because you are, it's not like you have set hours ever, mm -hmm. you know, especially, you know, as a council person, because people are going to text you, email you, call you, whatever, knock on your door, whenever they think it's convenient. Um, and so you time your life out and then you're like all right well here we go so taking the time for yourself is super commendable and you have have to work that in especially these days they unfortunately they unfortunately do not call your very well-paid uh uh liaisons as much as you for. want them to <laughs> yeah that's well, what they're i'm for. trying to set some boundaries you know with my time like i don't do a lot of council stuff on the on the try not to do a ton on the weekend so that i can be with family in, in recharge, but I am excited about my liaison spend. And I think we've got a great group of liaisons and they really are the lifeblood yeah. because they are, they are, I mean, I think we probably work, like if you really like compared all the hours, 
I mean, I, at night I'm thinking about it, wake up in the middle of the night, thinking about stuff from city council, wake up and think about city council. Like it is, it really is nonstop. And I think we they give too. themselves a little bit more of a break to be maybe 70 hours <laughs> instead of whatever the max number is in a week. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, we do have a great group of liaisons and anyone listening, um, grateful for Sven. And I know people were grateful for his predecessor, Craig, because they, they are the ones that are in the trenches that figure out who to contact in any given department and um, resolve a lot of like the day-to-day constituent stuff. Yeah, we really do like to shout out and pump up the liaisons because they do have some of the hardest work to do when it comes to city council. And they really do like they field a lot of the constituents coming at you. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe uh, get some of the more aggressive ones before you, you know, and uh, and it's a lot and it's a lot mentally on them, too. So kudos to your amazing group uh, of liaisons that you have. And always when you always CC them. Yes, (laughs) please. Yes, I don't know how many times we can say that. (laughs) Yeah, and we we try to always try to reach out to them. You know, when it's something like work work related, when it's like we need like if we need something or Mm -hmm. we need like a file or something, we try to reach out to them because we know like they Mm -hmm. are totally the like they they're the workhorses. And um, Mm -hmm. it's when when people can give you guys a break and they can reach out to your liaison, it's important that they try to do that. And so we always try to point that out to folks when we can. It's really important that folks try to do that. The liaisons are great. But thinking, I guess, thinking about the work as you're talking about the nonstop workload, right? On council, have you found, have you found the dynamic to be different now that you are on a majority-led or majority female-led board, that's been one of the things that people will find as crit- and critique, you know, oh, it's going to be catty. Oh, it's going to be too much. It's going to be blah, blah, blah. And we've got somebody jumping on. Hey. Hi. Can you hear me? <laughs> we can. Welcome. Welcome. Um, yeah. So, you know, how, how have you felt, you know, about the, the atmosphere of, you know, just counsel. And this might be a better question for you, Kristen, since you were on last year, but mm-hmm. you know, how have you felt the, you know, the tone has been? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot of cattiness unless I'm just not privy to that. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think Catherine and Anne Francis have brought incredible energy to our group um, and I really loved, we had an issue, I don't want to go deep into it, a couple of weeks ago, where something was being pushed to be voted on, even though it was really um, delayed per our agenda. And both Catherine and Ann Francis were like, but I mean, aren't we just going to follow our rules? <laughs> it's, it's like, well, um, Yes, that's what we're hoping this time. But a lot of times, you know, stuff gets changed on the fly if um, if the second floor has priorities. So I just love the energy they're bringing to the table, and it's 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 refreshing to have an outsider come in and see some of the usual business that goes on and be. Um, upset by it because sometimes I feel like I'm 
that one person who's like, hey, wait a minute, and the lone voice. And uh, and so I really like having them there because it, it puts it in perspective. And I am just, you know, I, I feel for them because I do remember <laughs> even transitioning from school board to city council. Man, it is hard. Those first six months are like, it's like your first six months of college, you know, where you can't find the building and then you get there and like you've forgotten the book or I just, you know, it's so overwhelming that you're like, I don't even know where to begin. But I think they're, they're both super smart, super strong and are definitely just plowing through everything. So I'm, I'm impressed. And I did want to say something about the life work balance, because I think whether you're a woman or a man you have to have that. This is a job where you will be out to eat, where you will be in the grocery store. Um, you could be almost anywhere in Richmond. And, you know, somebody is going to want to talk to you about, you know, their neighbor that hoards stuff in their carport or um, a sign that's missing from the street or something. And it's, um, it's, there is a need to engage with people where they where they see you and they want to engage with you, but there's also a need in an area where you can control it to take a step back, to make sure you're still connecting with your family, to make sure you have time to recharge your batteries. Because if you don't recharge those batteries, you're going to burn out so fast. And I did not do a great job of that when I was first on school board and have since learned that, um, you know, definitely on the weekends, I try to, to make sure I have um, more time for family, more time for personal stuff. And um, it makes a huge difference. I think that the, the cattiness thing is a myth. Like, mm -hmm. I think per like perpetuated by the patriarchy because large groups of women really tend to get done. And I think that that is something that a myth that men perpetuate to kind of break down that that strength that power that yep. uh ladies and you know uh femme identifying folks have together um mm -hmm. and we so we have a late entry into the crew and we're really excited that she's here um yes. councilwoman ann francis lambert is with us and we'll, we're going to take a pause for a moment and allow her to come on in and tell us a little bit about herself uh fran you said you filled her in a little bit on the what we've been talking about great Hi, thank you so much for having me. I apologize for my tardiness. Um, it's been a busy Sunday. Um, but yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I got a couple of the preliminary questions, basically a little bit about myself. Um, my name is Ann Francis. I have two first names. I'm named after my grandmother. Well, my two grandmothers, my mother always says that I have to give them equal time. Um, one is Mary Ann and one is Mary Francis. So my parents were creative enough to put Ann Francis together. So I have two first names. I don't have a middle name. <laughs> um, grew up, born and raised in Richmond. Battery Park was where I would run around, ride my bike. And um, back in 85, um, my family, we moved over to Ginner Park neighborhood it's been there ever since but my dad was in politics since 1978 that's really got where i got my um 
my the the bite to be a politician was from my father, him being my example. Um, one of the questions was what women, how how being a woman has influenced you in politics and so forth. Um, because it's a male-dominated area, um, I really didn't have too many female examples. Um, but the first black woman to represent the third district was Willie Dell. And she ran against my dad when he ran for Doug Wilder's seat back in 85. So I was in the fifth grade. And that was really the first, um, not to say woman, but um, woman in politics running against my father um, was my first kind of exposure to that. But, um, you know, the years I have met a tremendous amount of great examples and women who have served and basically taught me how to just be that representative that the folks, people have voted you for. So um, with those examples and with my father, um, it's kind of like it was a thing that was inevitable for me to run. And um, basically moving back to Richmond a couple years ago, my oldest brother passed away, um, which kind of forced me to come back to Virginia. And I had started to think about what am I going to do when I get back to Richmond? So being a certified drone pilot and being the first black female certified drone pilot here in the city of Richmond, I said, well, I'll come back and actually teach and train other young ladies to be um, certified drone pilots. So after that, I um, came back and being in the district, I realized that there um, was a lot of the lack of resources, especially in the North Jackson Ward area. And, um, you know, a lot of people just started asking questions and asking me, well, maybe, Ann, you should run. You should throw your name in the hat. And I said to myself, you know what? Maybe I will. And because of the pe previous experiences I've had on city council, working in state and federal governments, it, it gave me the confidence to know that I am qualified. And I believe that I don't want all this experience to go to waste. So let me roll up my sleeves and get involved. And then COVID happened. And then it was like, you got to think out the box. And, you know, so the campaign moved forward. I moved forward, knocked on those doors. Um, it really just got out there to let folks know that I'm here. I'm back in Richmond and I'm going to win. And luckily I won. Um, thank the Lord. <laughs> and, you know, being on council is just surreal, but it's also just kind of like old times, um, you know, being a council liaison, I had a lot of experience for this position. And um, now it's just like old times, seeing a lot of old friends still working at City Hall, but I also see a lot of things that we do need to change. And um, I'm just um, fortunate and just, just grateful that I can be a voice and be a voice of reason, be a voice of um, truth, and um, some way that we can really be progressive and move forward on city council. So that's a little bit about me. Um, and I'm sorry for being tardy, but I wanted to just come in and just let you guys know I'm here. And, you know, and I love my colleagues because they're great people to work with. And they also, um, you know, I talked to everybody when I first got on council to let you know who I am and how we can um, work together. And I, I'm just not for the foolishness that occurred last city council. So this one, I'm, I'm very confident and grateful that I'm working with a great team of um, my colleagues, very smart people and know what they're doing. So I appreciate that. And it's great to work with folks that 
you know, have similar interests in a nutshell. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't worry about being tardy. It is fine. We're having a nice casual conversation. And we just actually finished talking about right before you jumped on about how um, important council liaisons really are and how awesome um, and influential they are to the life work of council people. So that's a great point to add and for your constituents to know you were a former liaison and uh, that's amazing. So we're happy to have you on. I was uh, curious too, uh, to our, our new folks, you know, how are you finding things? And, um, and Francis answered that a little bit, but I'd like to give Catherine the opportunity. How are you finding, you know, your, your newfound relationships? Ooh, it has, it's been intense. Um, it's been really intense, but I will say, I mean, echoing what Anne Francis said, people have been very welcoming uh, on council. Our colleagues, I think, have been terrific. And, you know, I'm very aware of what I do not know and that I'm entering a really intense um, job. So I'm not, I, I, I'm not scared to ask, pick up the phone and say, uh, uh, <laughs> um, or I'll text somebody, is this when I do a motion for the, for the paper I'm carrying? I really have no idea. Um, and I'm grateful that everyone has been very gracious and, and encouraging. Um, Cause I think in general, everyone on council wants council to succeed. And we can't do that if there's a weak link. We can't do that by shutting someone out. So I do feel like the camaraderie right now is, is really strong across council. And that's good for the city. So um, yeah, it's been intense. It's, it's been overwhelming. There have been some days that have been rough. And um, yeah, people are nasty. People can be really nasty, but they can also be very grateful and encouraging and uh, the those are the conversations I try and focus on. I try and focus on things that are within our control um, to have a positive impact for the city. And I just keep putting goodwill out there and people have been giving it back. So I think so far, so good. Uh, what, three months in, two months? Yep. Yes. Well, good. We're glad to hear that. Cancel, can, council can be quite the beast. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad that it's been treating you all well. And we hope that it continues. Um, hope y'all enjoy this, budget season. Oh my gosh, please don't even talk about budget season. We just got finished talking about that 708 page PDF. Yes, we did. Oh my goodness. I can't read it online. I have to have the book. I have to have it, the actual thing. Does it help you mark it up too? Because I find that I'm a I'm a hand lister. Like it really helps me to make margins. Tabs on things. I want to ask somebody about. Yeah, highlighted yeah, like one of those people oh, that like has all their folders and their stuff like running in. <laughs> That's actually me, but I'm trying not to print this thing off because I've done that for the last like four years and I'm trying not to print this off because it's literally an entire, an entire yeah. ream Kinko's of paper. would love you. Yeah, and, and that's about a $400 print job. Just want to let you know that. Just Oh, I already know. Oh, already yeah. Know. Because I've printed it off for the last four years. And oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what if we had like a room set up, people could come in and look at it? Like you right, could take notes, you could spend some time with it, like at a library. Or is that that's a good no suggestion? Right. People probably would, but I feel like it would end up getting COVID. 
Yeah. No, you will that. <laughs> that too. COVID. It would oh, end up getting COVID. COVID probably. Right. The budget and then the budget would get COVID and then it would be sick. Yeah, that would be not okay. Oh man. But it, <laughs> it it would probably end up getting marked up or something because people would, you know, do stuff to it. But one missing yeah. page. Yeah. There, no. I guarantee but, you there'd be a couple of unsolicited um uh sketches uh, as <laughs> i'm sure let's be real yeah no yeah keep it real keep it real <laughs> it would. i mean it would. <laughs> we'll bring up the last question for you yeah. <laughs> she she some, she it would, it would. <laughs> i mean if you want to know if you want to know where where the 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 best of your constituency is in your city go to the comment section on a political, <laughs> on political, Catherine's like, no thanks, on a political yeah. ad in, mm-hmm. in the, or a political, you know, in, in the RTD, you'll find it. Oh yeah. Oh, you, you're not, you speaking nothing but facts and then don't let it be something about the casino. You hear everybody's. So yeah. Oh honey, well, you, you're, you're here a year or two late because last, last, last round it was uh, Navy Hill. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! People are oh, yeah. feisty. People are, you know, <laughs> they're ready to comment. Itchy, oh my god! She uh, Twitter hey. fingers and whatnot. Oh yeah! I'm telling everybody, I haven't seen any proposals just yet, so I'm not commenting until I see everything. Um, so, and I'm not meeting with anybody until I do. So that's a pretty waiting. Too. Like, Good. you know, Christina too about yeah. That about like going through the rules and following the processes. Um, it is really important that you have all of your information to bring to mm-hmm. constituents. Exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, historically that hasn't always been the case. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it seems like this is a group that really is focused on doing the research and taking the time. And that's appreciated. Mm-hmm. I have to say. Yeah, it is. It's important. Well, to close us out, ladies, what what advice would you give for other young women looking or 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 uh, seasoned ladies as well, right? Who may be looking at you as role models, um, who may be thinking about going into politics. What are your what would be your your bits or tidbits of advice um, or motivation in this uh, Women's Month? For those, for those little girls, young women, seasoned hens, all of those things. So I, I don't think for a long time I even really thought too much about it, that I was a role model until my daughter who campaigned with me on her little Mickey Mouse scooter when I was, <laughs> I'll see if I can find the photo for you guys. It's like the cutest thing. Um, P.S. We were gone for two hours. We did like five doors um, and she had to go to the bathroom while we were gone. So thankfully we knew one of the people. Um, And of course we ended up being there like 20 minutes. However, you know, it's one of those days I always remember and I've spent a lot of days knocking on doors. So, um, but yeah, when Mags was, she's in eighth grade now and maybe when she was like in third or fourth, they had like a dress like what you want to be when you grow up day at school and she she wore like a like a navy sweater 
and a strand of pearls. <laughs> and she's, I'm a, like a city, or I guess I was on school board at the time. Um, you know, I'm dressing like mom. <laughs> and it, I mean, that is something it, that I just love. And I think anytime we can show young women, whether it's our own family or outside of that world, that anybody can do this. Um, you know, you just have to have the drive and the passion and you can definitely make it work. You know, we, all of us, even including the men on council are in all different sorts of family situations, work situations, um, and we all still show up. <laughs> we all take the calls and represent and, and do the best we can. And is it challenging? 100%. But if, you're, if your heart is there and you feel like I need to do this because, you know, I am that person that's going to take my district forward, that's going to represent my district in the way it needs to be represented, I think, you know, that is our message to young women that you can do it and I would be happy to help out any young woman who comes to me and, and wants guidance or advice or anything. I'll go and I, I can speak to that. I would say advice I would give to young women is if you do have a goal, write it down first. Because when you write a goal down, it actually, things start to happen to make that come true. Um, but as I said before, I am a entrepreneur. I'm the first Black certified drone pilot. And if that's not enough to let someone know that you can do it, <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you, but that is one of the things that um, I want to be an example. And I tell everyone, you know, if you dream it, you write your goals down, you can achieve it. So hopefully being on council, being a voice um, and being seen will help other young women know that they can do it too. But I tell anyone, if you are ready to run, um, definitely talk, start talking to people. One thing that um, I talked to my predecessor, he said to me, well, if you're interested in running, just make a list of your donors and lock yourself in the room and start calling them. I said, OK, all right, I'm going to do that. You know, so you, it takes money and um, you have to overcome your fears of asking. Um, I think that's one of the hardest things if you're an introvert and you're not one of these people persons, you you have to be if you want to run for office. So if you take anything away, know that, you know, you have to ask, get out your comfort zone and um, write those goals down. That'd be my response. It's hard to follow those two, but I, think, um, <laughs> I would say, and I was an introvert. Uh, I am an introvert. Um, I think it's, it, but to Kristen's point, there are so many women who want to help other women, you know, whatever age you are, whatever mm -hmm. level of government that you're interested in. So seek out those, those people. And um, I think volunteering on campaigns is a great way mm -hmm. to start. That's how mm -hmm. I got initiated a little bit and started to mm -hmm. meet some of those women. Um, and then also I would say be active in your community mm -hmm. because you need to know what your community cares about because um, that's why you should be running, right? is to represent your community to work on the issues that you've seen firsthand. So I would, I would start there, build those leadership uh, responsibilities, get to know folks, different demographics than you. You can't just be one band, like, you know, one click. You got to know everyone in your community. 
and then look at, there are a lot of great free or low cost training programs. Tons of them. Emerge, Virginia is a great one, or USA, sorry, Emerge, and there's a Virginia chapter. Uh, Run for Something also is a great one, supporting women. Act Blue has a lot of free training. Follow those things on Facebook, see when their next class is. They want women to run. They want you to win, and they will bring in mentors to help you. And, um, and, and one of the best pieces of advice I got from a guy was you can't be afraid to lose. So you got to run, put your heart in it, but also know that at the end of it, you're going to be okay if, if you don't get across the finish line and the journey will be worth it. And maybe, you know, the next time you will, but you got to, I think that was helpful to me because it also helped me create some balance. Like I can't leave it all on the field because I don't want to burn my house down in the process with my family in it. So yeah, look for mentors, really know your community get some like lower rung ladder, you know, experience in leadership positions and look for those training programs. Cause there are a lot of them and they're terrific. Absolutely. Don't let anyone tell you, you can't. That's, That's right. It. Exactly. Catherine. <laughs> That's a great way to end it, man. This has been an absolute pleasure. Um, I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to chat with y'all today and get your perspectives and uh, happy women's history month y'all. And, you know, Continued support, uh, I hope, comes your yep. way. Um, good luck in this term. You guys have a yeah. lot of big issues, mm-hmm. a lot of big issues to mm-hmm. uh, tackle. And we know you're going to do it well, and you're going to do it by the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Fran, would you take us out, please? I certainly can. Thank you, ladies, for joining us today. Listeners, you've been listening to RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania Heard every Wednesday here at 11 a.m., on WRIRLP 97.3 Richmond FM Independent Radio. As always, Flint still has dirty water and you know, Jersey does too and we might do too. And I think mm-hmm. I heard down the street, Petersburg probably does too now. Mm-hmm. We need to work on mm-hmm. this here. RPS was fully funded last year and uh, we got the budget. And so hopefully council is going to make sure that they're fully funded this year. So let's go with that because they're going to need that and some more and some more and some more to infinity and beyond Buzz Lightyear style because we need it. And the kids need to do whatever the kids are going to do. Go back to school half the year, whole year, three years, 20 years, five years, whatever it is, they need to go back to school and get it going. Okay. Because our kids need to feel better and we all need to kind of restore some, I don't know if normalcy is the right word because- Order. We can challenge, we can challenge that. Yeah. How about, yeah, order is nice. We like that. We like that. Yes. We want the kids healthy and happy and learning. And so whatever that looks like, we need that. And they need money to do it. And so we need it. And as always, you know it, I know it. We all know it together. Richmond is most certainly still racist, but we're working on it one day at a time. <laughs> I'll see you next week.